Welcome to another episode of Brood Podcast. I'm Adonis. I'm Bryce. And this is the podcast where there's always conversation about coffee and coffee always fuels the conversation. Uh, Welcome to episode 28, guys. Got a fun show planned for you guys today. I don't know if fun is the right word. We're going to be talking about something a little bit serious in our main discussion, but there will also be uh, a beer review today, so that's always fun, and we're going to talk about coffee as we always do. Uh, How are you doing today, though, buddy? What's been going on? I am doing great. Uh, For the most part, my sleep's been funky because the season's changing and my allergies Mm. like to kick in. So Mm. I get tons of sleep, but it's really funky sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Funky as in the times or just funky as in the quality of the sleep? No, funky is just the quality of sleep. I'll get tons of it and then I'll wake up and feel a little groggy and just stuffy nose. and It's not fun, but other than that, doing fantastic good always good to hear well it's a lovely uh, monday morning here in arizona we've we've actually been relatively cool over the last uh couple of, of days the last week or so we had like a day that was in the 80s and then it dropped dramatically into like the 60s and we've been hovering around high 60s low 70s pretty much this last week it's been pretty nice i'm not i'm definitely not complaining um that's cool yeah and i but it was like i was like oh man here we go back to the 80 degree temperatures (laughs) time to put my hoodies away and it was like oh no i get to keep them out for a couple more days (laughs) It it was a nice little surprise um but yeah we are here uh to talk about coffee first and foremost so Let's get into it. Bryce, what are you drinking this morning? Did your uh, drink trade finally come in? Uh, no, oh, no. Uh, but that's okay, okay because I planned for that and we I went to the store and bought a local coffee. Oh, local. Uh, decided to try something out from around here okay. and it is uh, the roaster. It's called Cutter's Point Coffee Company. Okay. Uh, they are out of Gig Harbor, Washington. Uh, the roast is a dark roast and it is Sumatra Mandeling. I don't Mm. actually know how to pronounce that, but I think it's Mandeling or Mandeling, something like that. M-A-N-D-H-E-L-I-N-G. Uh, and, uh, so they've been around since 1995. Um, I guess they had purchased, um, they had purchased an espresso company or some or some local cafe or something, and then six years later they moved into their own uh, brewery and were able to start roasting and, and making their own stuff. Okay. Um. So, uh, it is dark, rich, and dense bodied. Hmm. Uh, the description is a rustic coffee with a heavy, dense body, sweet top notes with hints of tobacco and cedar. Followed by herbal nuances in the finish. A delightful, full-flavored coffee, perfect for the adventurous. Wow. Yeah, I saw that, too. I saw the flavor notes. I was like, you know, I've been craving something earthy. Like, let's <laughs> let's let's try it out. Let's see what it's all about. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to be able to find flavors or, like, some things to taste that I'm sure. going to. I guess I guess we get some chewing tobacco for the occasion, you know, just to get really <laughs> yeah, dedicated just, for your yeah, listeners. Dedication, <laughs> yes. Ten years later, still chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> I did this for you. Yes. Um, so, it is definitely everything it says it is. Hmm. I was honestly very surprised. I 
uh, first the method that I did, I did French press uh, using my mini Porlex grinder, of course. Um, I did test a new grind size, uh, kind of okay. messed with the grinder a little bit more, um, which I think also helped in me getting the flavors out. I think I finally found the right French press grind. Nice. That has been... But, you know... It's, I can't. I learned I can't mark anything on. The, it doesn't make sense to mark anything on there. So I just have to eye the spacing just of hope the, to find the it birds again. for oh, me. Man. Yeah, I just didn't expect that to be <laughs> a big thing. Like when I was watching reviews for the Mini Prolex, they talked about that a little bit, but they didn't act like it was a giant con. Mm. And I'm thinking it's because there are people who've been grinding coffee, That's hand fair. grinding coffee forever. Yeah. So to them, it probably is just a little thing. Sure. Um, but for me, it's a massive thing. So, <laughs> so maybe it's just uh, not like amateur coffee enthusiast friendly, you know? Yeah, not really. <laughs> maybe it'll grow. It, maybe you'll grow with it. You know, like at some point when we become, you know, professionals at this, it'll be, you'll be like, you'll be thankful to have something that's so manual. I'm sure I will. I just know in the short term, it kind of sucks because yeah. I feel like I'm not giving all these coffees like a proper, um, taste. Uh, proper sure. reviews that they deserve but um but i hopefully i did f- kind of find what i'm looking for for the grind size and i'll just stick with french press for now and not really use the mini presso anymore for a little bit okay um so just to keep some consistency um but yeah so i did french press and um it uh it just ah, tastes so good uh the hmm. cedar and the earthiness comes out right away like when you open the bag you can smell it uh when you roast it um or when you brew it you can smell it when you pour it and you start taking that sip you it's just um there's just cedar and that earthiness all the way through mm. um the tobacco part i can't say i really smell the tobacco it was it was more of a uh, texture thing i think mm. i think the tobacco kind of adds a sort of kind of how i've described how molasses adds a texture more than a flavor it sure. kind of adds like this kind of so- sort of thick syrupy type of texture yeah i think the tobacco adds um i think it supports the cedar in in giving it kind of a, a woodsy texture and i don't mm. really know how to describe a woodsy texture which is why <laughs> i just used woodsy yeah. but uh for anyone who decides to try it i think once you try it you'll you'll kind of understand what i'm saying um but all those flavors came through it is definitely full body it is definitely um a rich and dense coffee it is it's great i'm excited to make mm-hmm. more as it's cooling down though of course as it's getting colder uh and because I, I will drink coffee cold not like um not i don't mean cold brew but i mean as it you know cools down sure and usually i'll drink it and it'll be fine this one is definitely meant to only be drunk hot which <laughs> you know most of you are going to drink your coffee hot anyway Fair i'm enough, the yeah. weirdo that will is willing to drink cold coffee but <laughs> do you think it wouldn't taste good as like a cold brew or um it might uh i'm not sure okay. i would have to test that but yeah. i don't know if it would or not i have a feeling it might not though mm. i definitely feel like this is meant to be a hot coffee okay definitely meant to be drunk hot um, but yeah, so for, um, rings of sippability, um, dang, I feel like we, I just, we started with the rings too high with our other like roasts and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
or maybe that was i'm just mixing that up with the t's because <laughs> the t's i definitely i mean I, we've been definitely been high. we've definitely been favorable <laughs> to most of the coffees that we've had you know yes. I think our, <laughs> but you know hey it's uh, this it's honesty right we don't you know yeah we've I, been I don't want to we've just been getting good coffee, coffee. exactly yeah. <laughs> um rings of sippability i'm definitely going to give this um i think give it, i'll give it a 4.5 Wow. Uh, there's definitely there's something that definitely kind of I think it's just the honestly I think it's just the fact that I can't enjoy it as it's cooling down which is a factor for me because I do I do I don't drink my coffee fast or right away sure. so it, it is a factor for me when I'm drinking coffee um, and then for um, flavor profiling for is you know legit or full of shit it's mm-hmm. definitely legit oh nice hundred percent legit which is fantastic i'm definitely loving this it was just kind of a blind buy because i just needed something to fill in for today sure and it ended up being fantastic so uh it's really cool you should be i'm not sure if you can just get it at your local grocery store or just any grocery store because um i don't know if it's only distributed up here but okay. it, i think it's a wider distributed one but again it's it's cutter's point coffee what, and, and you said what kind of roast was it like medium or dark uh it is a dark roast dark roast okay mm-hmm. interesting 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 um but yeah sounds good i would i would be interested because i know you said it was uh it had it had like that <laughs> woodsy uh flavor and yeah. it also <laughs> um and it was also rich. Like those are two things that I wouldn't think would would coexist. Yeah, you know, it's normally. interesting. But it, yeah, um, it's very interesting. Yeah, I would, uh, sounds good. Sounds good. I I don't know exactly what cedar tastes like, but I like the way that it sounds like it tastes. Yeah, it's more <laughs> when I'm thinking of the cedar, I don't think like I think of smells. And I, I don't think I'm like yeah. I think it more just like it. it I think the whole woodsy word again. Sure. And when I when I looked at the cedar word and I was reading it, and then when I was going in for the taste, I wasn't. I don't know what cedar like tastes like, yeah. so I haven't like gone and licked a cedar <laughs> no, <laughs> <tree> or anything. <laughs> Grab some bark. Uh, and start I was definitely looking for uh, a more earthy coffee, and this was definitely it. Nice, nice. There you go. Hey, you found it. Um, definitely quality in this coffee. Sounds good. Uh, four and a half, though. That's no. That's that's a good coffee. Yeah, that's this good I, it's honestly coffee. might be a new comfort cup. It might oh, be wow. my new like keep stocked in the okay like, covered coffee at all times. There it is. Go. It is really good. I was. <laughs> I'm just so surprised and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I am drinking um, something that I got from Drink Trade. It's uh, from Blueprint Coffee Roasters. It's their Tectone uh, seasonal blend. It's actually a light roast. I decided to go for a light roast this week just because I felt like I've been drinking a lot of dark roast, been drinking a lot of medium to dark roast and um, haven't had a light roast in in quite some time. So I was like, let's check it out. Um, And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty okay. Uh, So I've been living with it for the last uh, week or so. And um, I've been able to brew it using my French press, my Chemex, uh, my AeroPress, and uh, through the drip. Did not get a chance to use it in my uh, espresso maker. Um, but yeah, I, I was a little skeptical at first. My first couple of brews in the drip and in the French press um, wasn't loving it. it. It definitely has that earthy 
flavor, that almost like leafy flavor that you get with light roast sometimes. Um, and uh, wasn't really digging that. It was a little strong, um, even for a light roast. Um, it's supposed to have tasting notes of peach, um, peach, white tea, and candied citrus. Wasn't really getting any of those in my uh, first initial brews. Uh, and then I tried it in my Chemex, and I definitely, you know, the flavor came through a little bit more, and I was able to taste some of that, that, uh, I want to even call it like a sour taste that anytime they say candied, that's what I think comes through more. When they say when they say ripe fruit, I'm like, OK, that means this is supposed to be a sweeter coffee, like a naturally sweet bean and candied like uh, like with the first one that I did. Um, I can't remember the name of the coffee right now. Sorry about that. Uh, but it had candied raspberries and it's like, okay, it was a little bit of like a tangy, sour flavor, and that's what I'm getting with this one. Um, like unripe berries was a flavor note that I pulled out. So, okay, so generally I, I can make that correlation that if they say candied, probably means it's going to be a little tangier, a little more sour, um, which I'm just not a fan of in general. Um, but it was nice that I was able to pull out that flavor. Um, it was um, definitely... The best cup that I had was out of my AeroPress. Uh, I had that this morning and I was, you know, not super enthusiastic about trying it, but I tried it in my AeroPress and it was actually, uh, yeah, the best cup that I've had with this particular roast. Uh, very, very good. Um, skewed my overall rating of, of the coffee in a more positive direction. Um, but yeah, it was uh, definitely more, the most flavorful out of the AeroPress. Uh, something that I could sip on, something that as it cooled down, like you mentioned, in um, every other brewing method that I had, once it started to cool down, it almost got to that undrinkable point. So I just had to chug it really quick before it got too cool. Uh, with this one uh, in my AeroPress, it was actually not bad as it cooled down. Obviously, it's going to be better hot, but as it cooled down, I was still able to enjoy it for the most part. Um, and yeah, I will say that if it had not been for my AeroPress, I would be giving this a much lower score. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this is something that I probably wouldn't buy again. But if I ever had extra beans, I would definitely be using my AeroPress to brew it. Um, so as far as the flavor notes in our legit or full of shit um, segment, I am going to I'm somewhere in the middle but I think I understand what they were saying. So I'll, I'll go legit with what I think they were trying to get across with the flavor notes. I, I didn't Some taste benefit of the doubt. Here. Yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't taste the peach or, <laughs> or citrus candy, but I think that I can understand how they got those flavor notes. So I'm, I'm going to give them a pass. I'll go legit on that. And as far as uh, the brew scale of sippability, I'm going to go, I'll go three. I'll go three rings, three out of five. Uh, without the AeroPress brewing, it would have been a, a low two. Uh, but <laughs> definitely uh, that AeroPress helped out a lot. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three out of five. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad coffee. Obviously, something that I wouldn't revisit, but it's it was pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's cool that you have all those methods to be able to uh, experiment throughout the week with, and mm -hmm. just try to bring out the different 
um, different versions of the flavor profiles. So yeah, that's that's awesome. And to be and to be honest, like I know I said I didn't try it in my espresso maker. I might do that. Um, I have I have enough for a, a, a few more um, pots of coffee with this. I might I might do that because I've like I've said in the past, the AeroPress is pretty much like a mini espresso maker. Like it makes an espresso amount of coffee and it's like super concentrated. So. Uh, I think I might try it in my um, espresso maker, and if it's as good as it was in the AeroPress, maybe this will become something that I lean to um, to make espresso with. If I if I need like an espresso roast, and I, I might revisit this one, but uh, we'll see. I will keep you guys updated. I'll I'll let you know if it passes the espresso test. Beautiful. Yeah, so uh, that is Coffee Talk for this week. Uh, we would love it if you guys would, you know, send us emails right on our Instagram or Facebook page with what you've been drinking on uh, in this last week. We'd love to hear uh, that. Or you can write in, yeah, to our email address, brewedconvos at gmail.com. Let us know. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to jump into some small talk. Uh, we are like smack dab in the middle of award season, and the Grammys just happened uh, recently. Um, Bryce, I know you were able to watch a little bit of it. What, what was your overall take from the from the Grammys this year? I didn't get to watch it at all. Was that work? Yeah, I jumped into it. I'm definitely not a veteran of watching the Grammys. I'm definitely no like you know, professional Grammys watcher. But uh, <laughs> is that a thing? I, Are there <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, people who who watch these award season um, ceremonies and. and everything generally they've been watching it for some years or they're going into it kind of knowing what to expect and what's what these ceremonies are about and everything um and you also i feel like you don't put a lot of stock into awards or maybe not as much as the the average person i I feel like you like what you like i definitely do not at all yeah (laughs) um i pretty much only jumped into the one for this year because there was a specific performance I wanted to watch because okay. uh, they were going to do a new song and everything. Um, but I did uh, tune in from the beginning and uh, tuned in and out for about two hours until the performance I wanted to watch. Um, and one of the – I probably did watch the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, and then I started tuning in and out because there's a bunch of categories that I don't normally listen to, so I wasn't going to recognize anything or sure. or enjoy it that much. Yeah. Uh, one thing that stood out in the beginning uh, in the first 20 minutes was one category was contemporary Christian music, I think is what the category was. And you had these artists um, that I just didn't recognize, and then you had Kanye West, mm-hmm. uh, and which you know I don't listen to his whole discography. I've I've listened to a couple of his albums, and I don't really know what he's been up to with his music. It just it just to me, obviously, as like someone who isn't super familiar with all that, it, it just felt interesting to see like some sort of Christian rock artists, and then <laughs> Kanye West, uh, yeah. and then and then he won it. Um, yeah. So that was just very intriguing to me. Uh, and then, uh, do you do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, yeah, his last album was pretty much a gospel album. Like he, it, okay. it was all you know that that's literally what it was, which threw a lot of people off. It's interesting off. because there was a gospel section. And I don't remember seeing his name. Well, yeah, I, I I say gospel, but I'm sure it's not it's not real gospel. There was no like choirs yeah. or anything like that. But yeah, it was. It, if I had to call it something, it would be 
contemporary Christian music. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. pretty much what it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Um, another thing that was interesting is seeing all these different categories and seeing artists I did recognize yeah. being categorized into certain genres that I just would never have thought to put them in. Even like, obviously, of course, I don't listen to every album by every artist sure. um, that I don't follow all the time. Uh, so I have kind of just a generic idea of their music mm-hmm. and obviously artists change. So they could have a more rock heavy album or they could have a more um, you know, contemporary Christian album or a, or a more rap album. Sure. And, you know, things change. But it was just interesting to me to see. I think like Fiona Apple was one of those. I think her new album, I think it was nominated for like a rock performance and then a rock album. And then it was some other random category. Like it had nothing to do with rock. And then I was just kind of like, wait, how do you get into like so many categories? Well, they, the, the artists themselves, well, it's not the actual artist. Like Fiona Apple doesn't submit her stuff, but her, her team is the one who submits her in certain categories. So if she, yeah, if her team submits her for best rock album and they're like, okay, yeah, she's, and she gets accepted, not accepted, but if you can only get voted on in the categories that you are, you are submitted to basically. So I okay. think, I think that the management teams pick the category that they have. They think their artist has the best chance of winning in. And that's where you would submit. That's why you wouldn't see like Megan, the stallion who I know won, um, or excuse me, Megan, the stallion. Um, I know she won <laughs> best new artist, um and she i don't know if she was uh nominated in like the best rap album category maybe she Uh, was i think she won was it new artist that she won yeah she Uh, won new artist then she might have won a couple things because i thought she also won uh, a performance as well okay yeah they um which is the one i think i think i saw that i think i saw her accept that one okay um and then uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, it's inter- I definitely learned that stuff, which I knew I would because generally with award season, like the genres with movies and uh, music genres, and there's just, you know, as a listener, I categorize things myself as just, you know, an individual. And sure. then, of course, you have to figure out how to standardize it for the sure. ceremonies. So yeah. it's not all going to make sense. The biggest surprise was pop. There was something called. Uh, it wasn't just a pop genre. It was, uh, I don't even think, I don't think it was contemporary pop either. It was just something similar to that though. Mm. And it had just, basically it looked like 90s alternative artists. Mm. Like that's pretty much what it seemed like. We're in the stuff and I was listening to the music. I was like, this isn't, this is pop. Like this is, <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Maybe you're just out of touch, um, man. I guess I'm out of touch. I don't know. Maybe the ceremony people are out of touch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was interesting. Was it traditional uh, I, pop vocal album? Yeah, it might have okay. been a traditional pop. I think that was it. And I guess I just didn't know what traditional pop was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was... Because yeah, you got Harry Connick Jr. Actually. in there, James Taylor in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't understand. <laughs> um. It's like they had to create a category for these people that are still making music. Yeah, but they're obviously, <laughs> they're not being, that's not on the radio. You're not going to hear, yep, you know. Nope. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll make something for you guys. You've been around. Yeah. <laughs> you can still play. <laughs> um, I mean, that's cool. Uh, but I did get to watch that performance, uh, and it was just, 
Um, this artist, Poppy, who's been getting into metal performances and metal music, which is so weird, but I enjoy it for its random and craziness. And so it was fun to watch that and just to see new music coming from her. Um, wasn't, you know, the best song in the world, but that's fine for me. For her, it's like all about the performance and mm. the kind of aesthetic she brings. So yeah. it was worth it. It was fun. But yeah, so that was kind of my Grammys experience okay. as just like person just randomly coming in to watch <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know obviously the new artist category i know phoebe bridgers was getting a lot of buzz and people were sort of yeah. thinking that she might win that but uh you know i think it's okay to lose to to someone like megan the stallion who is obvious obviously has come on the scene and just made a name for herself in the loudest of ways you know she's everywhere Absolutely. she's all over everything so her success definitely and honestly, deserves to be celebrated with with the genre that megan the stallion was a part of and being a new artist just in general like i think the fact that someone like phoebe bridgers was able to kind of um not only be in that category uh as a new artist because you can get indie artists in there like it that sure. happens but to see phoebe bridgers and see megan the stallion and just kind of see them almost like as equally nominated mm -hmm. like or equal amount of buzz i guess is that's actually what i'm trying to say like an equal amount of buzz is is different and really cool or I at mean. least like and equal amount of recognition from the there we go yeah, that's yeah. yeah that's exactly it yeah. so which because you you can see these a similar lineup of artists genre wise and it be but there not be as much recognition for someone who's usually in phoebe bridger's category sure. of music yeah. so it was cool to see that, and she got tons of recognition. She'll be fine. She yeah, has. absolutely. <laughs> she, yeah, she's yeah. got a lot coming her way. Absolutely, and I know. I, and the Grammys is an interesting award show in general, um, just because it's such. I don't know. I'm always the reason I'm not. I'm super into music, obviously, but I'm not super into popular music, and I'm not. And I and I feel like music is so like. I don't know. It's just such uh like a subjective art form you know it's like you like there is no i was having this conversation with one of my coworkers a few weeks ago and they were saying like oh x person isn't a good singer and i was like they're not a good singer to you and they were like no they're just like you know if you look at the science of music and i was like get get, get out of here with that <laughs> with that nonsense like there's like there is no prototypical good singer like someone is a good singer to everyone like i don't get out yeah. of here it's like saying that like a up like you can quantify poetry you can like evaluate poetry it's like no it's it's an art form you can't there's no way to say that you know this person is good and this person is not good it's just you can say it's not you don't think they're good or in your opinion they're not a good singer but you know voices are just so subjective everyone's gonna hit for someone but you know anyway i was just like yeah so it's such a hard thing to <laughs> to give an award for right i guess if you're getting voted on by your peers but i don't know it's just such a weird it's such a weird thing to like try to evaluate because tastes are just I so i feel i feel so pretty different. similarly about well i guess i don't feel similarly about movies because i guess movies is a little more quantifiable just from i guess i don't know i do feel kind of similarly but that's kind of why i don't really watch like all these different ceremony things and sure. stuff like just because I don't put a lot of stock into them, yeah. Ever there's just too, 
Like, wh- who are they to tell me what the, <laughs> you know, like what the best movie is? Like, get out of yeah. here. <laughs> but I, and, I, and I guess the the difference between movies and music is that there are like a million different genres of music. You can't put a hip hop artist up against a, a classic opera person because those are two yeah. good. Those are two totally different things. But yeah, a good That's movie should be a good movie to regardless. Say that of, about movies because yeah. movies are a little more quantifiable a little yeah. more uh categorizable yeah <laughs> and and in the academy where you're getting you are being voted on you know by your peers it's like anybody who is an actor gets to vote in the acting categories yeah. so you should be able to say oh as a performer i appreciate this person's performance in this film whereas if you're a, a hip-hop artist and you're a country artist it's hard for like how do you how do, how is a country artist going to evaluate a hip hop artist and vice versa? You know, like I don't know what I'm looking for when I'm listening to country music as to what's good or what's bad. I just feel like it's so it's so subjective. Anyway, um, yeah, speaking of movies, though, yeah. you were up at uh, at the crack of dawn. Yes, to crack watch of dawn. Stuff, yes, right? yes. Yeah, ass crack of dawn. Sorry. Was- yes, I was up at uh, five. I set my alarm for four forty five this morning. Um, woke Whoa. up and. Uh, yeah, the official Oscar nominees were announced at 5.19 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, specific. And, uh, yeah, it was very specific. Uh, <laughs> but eight nine, uh, 5.19, 8.19 on the East Coast. Uh, so uh, they it was actually Priyanka Chopra and her husband. I think his name is uh, Nick. Is that his name? Uh, uh, Jonas? Nick Jonas? Yeah. Um, for wait, who? What's the first name you said? <laughs> I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't hit. Bryce, uh, I totally yeah, Priyanka no, Chopra Jonas went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Priyanka Chopra is an actress. Nick Jonas is her husband. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They're married. Um, I don't and know all the celebrity couples. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they they were the ones doing the nomination announcement. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It's, it's something that I've done for the last three or four years that I wake up early. Um, usually this happens in uh, January, so uh, we at least get an extra hour to sleep. But, you know, with daylight savings time, you know, we lose an hour. Um, we don't lose an hour, but everywhere else loses an hour. So it's basically like we're losing an hour because we can't go based off of just Arizona things. Yeah. It's the entire country. Um, but anyway, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I've been waking up early to see these Oscar nominations. And this year was actually pretty solid. You know, I think uh, 2020, obviously, with COVID and everything, um, the movies took a huge hit. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk and a lot of speculation as to whether we would even have the Oscars this year. Um And I'm glad they're doing it because I do think there were several, you know, above average movies that came out that deserve to be celebrated and and don't deserve to just be forgotten about. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with the nominees. There was uh, one or two snubs that I wasn't super happy about. But other than that, I think I'm I'm pretty happy with the nominees. One being uh, Delroy Lindo's performance in uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Uh, did not get a nomination um, and I thought that he had one of the more powerful performances of the year and um, I would have liked to have seen uh, Regina King get a director nomination for best director uh, but she did not uh, for her debut film One Night in Miami Um, but uh, yeah other than those two I don't really have anything negative to say uh sasha baron cohen getting a lot of love this year for his movie um his movies uh borat 2 
got nominated in a couple of categories, which was interesting because I don't think many huh. people expected that to happen. I haven't seen it yet, so I uh, I won't. I I'll reserve judgment. Borat, oh, you haven't watched so. Borat at all? Yeah, it's they're no. <laughs> they're uh, really my thing. Yeah, they're they're you know they're it's it's its own thing. You know, it's a very yeah, I'm aware you know, extreme movie. I'm, I'm fully fully, which is why it's not my thing. Sure. I did uh, watch his Bruno movie, which okay. I feel like is. I don't know. That was a trip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more of that basically. Um, but uh, so I think that's that's interesting that he got a lot of love for that, as well as the trial of the Chicago Seven, which he also uh, was in. Uh, I think yes, he was nominated for a supporting actor role in that film. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a good year for Sasha Baron Cohen, who I love as an actor. You know, Borat and Bruno aside, I think he's a fabulous performer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear, see him getting some recognition, but yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be a good Oscar ceremony. Still don't know if there's going to be a host yet. Last year, obviously they went with the no host route. Um, and it, it worked out fine. I think I didn't have any issues with that either. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun show on April 25th. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to pull up the, the list of nominations then. Cause I know the past few years have been not solid. Oh, really? Right. Uh, 2019 may have may have been like the best Oscar year of all time. <laughs> okay, so it was the past. So two maybe years, the two before that. Yeah, one. Yeah, I know there yeah. was some like period of time where people were not fans of the nominations or who was winning them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to pull up that nomination list and check it out. I still to this day have never because I know this is a big thing for you, but sure. I've never gone through the nomination list and like watched everything. Mm. Um. Someday, I don't think this will be the year for that either, but that is something one year I do want to do just as something to have done. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's difficult for me just because most of those movies aren't normally my speed. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, as much of a movie lover I am, it's going to be a cool thing to do once. For yeah, sure. no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's eight nominees for Best Picture this year. They have the option to nominate 10. Uh, they went with eight this year. Um, and I think it's a solid list. Uh, and the, I guess the interesting thing about this year is that most of them are available to stream somewhere, obviously, because of the whole COVID situation. Uh, whereas Beautiful. in the past, it's been tough because it's like if it's not a readily available movie, it's going to be hard to find to watch. But, you know, I think pretty much now everything, every movie on that list, you can find somewhere to stream. Obviously, probably going to have to pay for it. But. Um, in years past, it's been it's been difficult. That's why uh, I know AMC Theaters does their whole Best Picture showcase where they have uh, a weekend where they screen all of the nominees um, for Best Picture. But uh, yeah, it's, it, other than that, it would be pretty difficult to find every single nominee. Um, so I'm glad this year we will have the opportunity to do that because, again, everything is streaming somewhere. So beautiful. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for Small Talk. We are going to jump to a break. And when we come back, uh, I'll have my beer review for Home Sweet Foam. And we're going to jump into a conversation about therapy. So stick around and we'll be right back. BRB. All right. 
right, welcome back, guys. Uh, it is a beer review week, so welcome to Home Sweet Foam. If you guys are new to the podcast or you haven't been around for a few weeks, uh, every other week I do a beer review where I just pick a craft beer and talk about it. And uh, on the off weeks, Bryce does a tea review. Um, so, yeah, this is a beer review week, and I am going to be talking about a beer that I received um, a couple of weeks ago in my craft beer subscription uh, from Craft Beer Kings. Um, and it is an IPA called the HBCU IPA from uh, Crowns and Hops Brewing Company. Um, so first of all, before I get into the actual actual review of the beer, I just have to say that uh, <laughs> Crowns and Hops is probably the coolest uh aesthetic that i've ever seen for uh for a craft beer company um you can check out their website it's uh let me just pull it up right here uh, it's yeah crownsandhops.com and it just looks so goddamn cool like it is inc- like i just want to buy every beer that they have literally just based off of the, the designs <laughs> on their cans and i want to keep them and i want to get posters of them um <laughs> it is legitimately so goddamn cool like uh, i like, like all good marketing <laughs> yeah their merch is super awesome i'm probably gonna buy some of this merch at some point it just looks it it just looks great um but they are actually a a black owned uh craft beer company uh which is really cool and something that um i didn't realize was such a rarity in the in the craft beer community um so a lot of their a lot of their designs and a lot of their uh uh brews are based off of um black culture which is uh obviously something that is very popular in today's society and uh something that i I'm obviously a huge fan of. Um, so, uh, yeah, the one that I'm reviewing today is called HBCU. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with that acronym means is a, a historically back, a historically black college or university. Um, so I'm just going to read the description off of the can. Um, so it says we, we created this special beer and artwork in honor of historically black colleges and universities. Uh, recently, we were pleased to discover that many black craft beer business owners and connoisseurs are HBCU alumni. Uh, this includes the founders of Crowns and Hops Brewing Company, and it has their names, uh, Tio, who went to Howard University, and Benny, who went to Spelman University. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool can. I'll post this. Um, well, we'll post it on our Instagram page, and I'll also post it on our uh, website so you guys can take a look at this and uh post a link to their website uh so you can check out all their other cool uh content cans shirts and sweaters and stuff like that but let's get into the actual beer itself uh so it is a uh double dry hopped ipa uh so i'm gonna just read the um sort of flavor notes and things that it's supposed to have Pull it up again. I closed it. Um, yeah, so it's supposed to have an aroma of tropical fruit, stone fruit, and mild pine. Um, the flavors are supposed to be stone fruit, pineapple, and citrus, um, and mild pine. So um, it's very good. It's a very, very good beer. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's got a very full flavor. Um, which again, I'm always surprised about with IPAs. And the more that I get into these craft IPAs, the more I realize that's a common thing. But a lot of the IPAs that I've tried in the past have felt very weak when it comes to flavor and fullness. Um, but yeah, this one 
definitely has a a full flavor um it's got like a rich texture it's very sweet a little floral um but it yeah definitely has that full finish so when you take a sip it's that crisp at the beginning and then it finishes very full and it's a, a very nice sensation when you're when you're drinking it um and again something that i wasn't aware of that ipas could do so easily but i guess i wasn't drinking good ipas um and every time you describe an IPA, you know, I always get excited. I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to try this. And then I remember their yeah. IPAs and I'm just going to disappoint myself because they all, <laughs> the thing they all have in common is that those hops. Yeah, and I that's was always, because I, I yeah. do get excited. I will, I used to just pick up I like a couple IPAs because I was trying to find one that I enjoyed and the sure. flavors always sound so good. Mm-hmm. But the hops destroy them for me like every time. <laughs> but I, it is cool. The, I mean, this sounds amazing and uh, definitely one of the more. It sounds like one of the more flavorful ones. Yeah, so no, really it's cool. it's delicious. And I, yeah, you're right. Like if you are not a fan of hops, or if you're not, if you can't rock with that bitter flavor, then everything I say is a moot point because that's <laughs> that's obviously that's, at the forefront. The flavors are on top of exactly, that. Like that's exactly, exactly. Kind of core of it. Um, yeah. And I was I was just like you, Bryce. So the first one I would try IPAs, and I would be like, Oh my god, who can drink that? It tastes like you're licking a pine cone. And it was just like, Who who wants to drink that? But you know, I had an epiphany. <laughs> you lick enough pine cones, and you just <laughs> exactly you develop a taste for them. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you start to you start to drink it more often. You, do. you force I, yourself. Last to go camping. <laughs> So I'm just gonna go. Maybe go camping for a weekend, lick some pine cones, yeah, come back, go. and drink some IPAs. You'll be like, good oh, this to tastes go. amazing. Because yes. no, compared to a pine cone, it is <laughs> exactly. I That's, see. Uh, I understand the trick now. <laughs> that is the best way to do it. Um, if you if you don't have access to a pine tree or you can't travel to find one, um, <laughs> you can also just try IPAs like like I did. I just I I, pine cones. I was like you know I need to well mine was a little tricky because I all I had was IPAs left in my fridge and I was it was like IPAs or nothing so I was like I guess it's an IPA um so I tried it and I loved it and um well I didn't love it at first but you know just like beer I feel like beer is something that you have to develop a taste for um I didn't like beer when I first started drinking beer most people who you know when they when they're starting their journey of of being an alcoholic they don't like the taste of beer they just drink it because it's there it's I like mean, speak it's, for yourself <laughs> for me, I feel like beer and I would always tell people this anytime we would party back in my partying days quote unquote and we would have new people over and they weren't big drinkers and they would be like oh my god why do you guys drink this well first of all you drink it to get drunk and second of all it's like it's there beer is like the bread of alcohol like i feel like you have your your liquors and your fan those are like your main courses and your meals and stuff but beer is just like a staple you need beer while you're drinking and it's just something that you can drink anytime and you don't have to you know it's, it's just like a, a staple of of being someone who enjoys alcohol so i think once you've convinced yourself that you like beer and you've learned to actually start to enjoy the taste of it um and that's when you start to branch off into these craft beers where the flavor is actually what you're trying to consume. Um, and yeah, it's the same thing with IPAs. Like you just have to get your foot in the door. You have to, your palate needs to adjust to it. And once it does, then you can start to enjoy these more flavorful, flavorful varieties of IPA. 
So, you know, it's a similar situation, or at least it was for me. And I now, really enjoy triggering all these persuasive conversations <laughs> you like to go on. For hey, I'm just saying, like, it's obviously I, I can agree with you because I was the same way for yeah. a very long time. But I, I well, if anyone wants to give me gift me one order of a Crafter Kings, <laughs> I will definitely give it a proper run through. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is a great beer. Uh, all that to say that. Um, I love this beer. I'm probably going to be re-upping on it. I'm probably going to be exploring the rest of their beers. And I might be a little biased because of the can and the, the aesthetic of their products. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, at least I'm being honest about it. Um, <laughs> so even if I hate their beer, I'll be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it looks like a cool can out of it. Uh, <laughs> the merch really makes the flavor come out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I will say that uh, as far as uh, any downsides to it, the only negative thing I could really pull out was that it is a little a little tart, even for an IPA on the back end. So, um, yeah, it's it's not not sour, I would say, but it's 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 tartness definitely comes through uh, near the end of of the can, near the end of your sips. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I love it. I, uh, I think it's a great beer and I think they're a great company. And like I said, can't wait to explore it a little bit more, but yeah, that's my, that's my beer review for this week. That's my home sweet foam segment. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I did Adonis. I did enjoy good. that. That's that good. Wonderful. Bryce. Yes. All right. Well, be sure to write in and, and let you know as well. Yes. Brewed convos at gmail.com. Um, and if anybody out there, this is a shot in the dark, but if anybody out there knows of any other or has experienced any other uh, black-owned craft beer companies, uh, write in, let me know. I would love to to explore and support them as well. Um, but that being said, we're going to jump into our main discussion of the week, which is all about therapy. So uh, I know that sounds super exciting and like a super lighthearted conversation but we're gonna try to make it fun for you guys <laughs> we're gonna try to have an it's definitely an important discussion. topic we yes. we touch on every now and then every we now like and to again. touch on mental health sure uh just it's very important to just bring up and talk about and learn how to talk about it respectfully absolutely and appropriately so it's it's we like to touch different uh, aspects of it so this was something that was very important to us yeah so. Hopefully you you're able to take something out of this that will assist you or assist you in whether it's directly or uh, assist you in being able to talk about it uh, with someone else who who might uh, need help talking about subjects like this. So that is always the goal with these. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. So uh, jumping in with a pretty uh, open ended question here. But uh, Bryce, what are your personal feelings toward therapy and therapists? Uh, I believe they, uh, I have good, per I have good feelings towards them. I okay. believe that there's definitely a reason they're around and, um, uh, that is really open-ended actually. I yeah. trying, I'm trying to like come up with like a specific answer, but it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, some people have uh, strong feelings yeah, no, about them, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I definitely have positive, uh, real positive feelings about it. I'm glad they're around. Uh, they are. Uh, professional friends that can help you with technical terms and help sure. you um, navigate um, in a more strategic manner subjects that are that you could probably talk with your friends about and and everything but um, but with therapists it's just it's it is different um, 
in a, just a way of navigating mm. the topic. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, quite sure how to explain it any differently. But no, yeah, I always say that it's like the reason I'm such a big fan of therapy and therapists is that it's someone who is literally it's their profession and you're paying them to unload on, right? It's not like, I feel like oftentimes when we have friends or family members who we unload on, you feel a little guilty about putting your shit on their plate. And also you, you, there's something in the back of your mind that I think always stops you from being 100% honest for fear of judgment from those friends and family. As much as we might like to say, Oh, I can be completely honest with my spouse or with my brother or with my best friend i do feel like you do want those people to see you in a positive light so you can't there are certain things you can't share with them because of fear of that oh i don't know how they're going to react to what i say i don't know how they're going to you know if they're going to judge me for what i say so i think having someone there whose job it is not to judge you someone there uh to literally listen to your problems and that's what they're paid for i think that's an incredible um comfort and it should be for a lot of people um so i yeah i definitely have positive thoughts toward therapists i think they're a necessary thing um and i think that they help a lot of people uh but let's talk a little bit about our personal relationship with a therapist um so i personally have never gone to see a a therapist um like as a in, in a one-on-one therapy session, that's not something that I've ever ever had the opportunity to do. Um, I I guess my only experience with it would be, uh, and this is I don't even know if this qualifies, but it's it was sort of a, a more of a counseling than a uh, a therapy session. Right after my mom passed away, uh, we were in the hospital, and I think it's mandatory for them to have a grief counselor come and talk to you. Um, So me and my brothers and sisters were uh, pretty much just in the waiting room um, right after she had passed away, and they had this woman come and talk to us. And at that point, you know, like my mom had passed away hours ago, so anything this lady was saying, I, I knew it was her job, but it was like going in one ear and out the other and i was like you there is no way you can understand what i'm feeling right now and in this very moment i don't want to hear anything you have to say obviously i was i mean i'm a i'm a polite person so i didn't voice any of this but i was much more just in my own head and just thinking through things and trying to process it on my own um but that i think that professionally that's the only experience i've ever had with with any kind of counseling or or therapy Um, obviously you have counselors in school who are supposed to be there to help you, you know, deal with day-to-day stuff. Um, but I feel like most of the time they're more involved with your schoolwork or, you know, helping you get through your school day. And a lot of the times it's like home stuff. We don't really, we're not really trained or we're not really, you know, (laughs) the, the people you should be going to, to talk about home life, even though I think they try to keep that door open, but, but you know, how much is a school guidance counselor going to be able to to help you with your your drama at home um so yeah i don't really have a lot of experience with it most of my experience comes uh in the form of movies that i've seen pretty much how i get my life experience about everything um but uh (laughs) yeah i i from what i've seen and what i've heard of friends who have gone to therapy it is something that that generally helps them um what about you bryce do you have any personal experience with therapy that you're open to sharing Yes. Uh, so my first experience with therapy was 
five years ago. Okay. Man, I actually don't. I actually don't remember. Uh, something, something like that. Um, maybe a little bit. Um, before that, maybe it was six years ago. But basically, um, I definitely um, had a problem where I was still kind of. I think it was before that, but basically, I would bottle things up is before I knew how to like really process things and sure. it would kind of explode. Um, but the explosions happened when I was drunk, which was not, I mean, it's already bad to explode, but when you're drunk and then you explode with your emotions, mm. it's absolutely, it's terrible. And I did some things I am beyond not proud of. Mm. Uh, but, um, a big thing was that my parents asked me to find a therapist and and talk with one and i never really felt like i had things to say to therapists i was definitely not anti-therapist but i always felt like i'm i'm self-analytical all the time like i why they're just gonna tell me what i already think about Mm -hmm. and then but um but i did it to kind of uh for a different reason than for myself i definitely went for uh to help my family feel more comfortable about things and to um, to kind of appease that. So I, I went and I probably did, I went weekly for a few months. I don't remember how long. It wasn't super long, but it was at least a few months. And uh, it wasn't one-on-one. I think a couple sessions might have been, but it was mostly uh, my mom or my dad. Usually both my parents were there. Mm. Um, and um, we would just kind of talk about whatever and it was exactly what i thought uh the therapist was just like telling me things i already felt and knew and um i would explain the road i'm on for like my own mental stability and things i've been working on for like five years and Hmm. things like i know my mistakes and this and that but it definitely i think after a few sessions of the therapist kind of like reaffirming and basically saying my own words that I would say to myself and having the therapist say them Mm -hmm. definitely finally kind of started to hit some targets. Okay. Um, as far as it just, it does feel different hearing someone else say words to you that even if you already know it and you already are doing what you need to be doing, sure. Hearing someone like that say them, you know, it was like, Oh, okay. It it does. I did want that confirmation more than I realized I wanted that confirmation. Um, so that was a huge thing, uh, was, was feeling confirmed. Um, and then also, uh, with, uh, my parents there having them hear me tell just kind of my stories Mm. and things was, um, having my family learn, they learned more about me in those sessions. Mm. Like, uh, which I didn't know I needed um, and also didn't know was necessary. Um, And that helped a lot. Just, I think I got a lot of that, of my family learning about me. My brother came into one session and that was a huge thing. Um, That was cool because he didn't understand pretty much any, he didn't know all the thoughts that I had about certain situations that had occurred with us and things like that. Um, so that was a huge thing too. Um, do you so think like having pretty much a, turned into kind of family therapy sessions, which was fantastic. Gotcha. Do you think like having that like intermediary there, that like un 
biased third party like helped you open up more to your family or uh it definitely created a scenario where i would because i i feel like i have no problem being open with my family but i also feel like i don't need to be okay uh for whatever reason i don't know why like i'm not uncomfortable talking about things but i'm also don't feel those thoughts come up in my head when I'm with my family ever. But when I'm okay. in that situation, it definitely was like, now's, now's the time to talk now's about the, this Now stuff. there's an appropriate time. So yeah. it definitely opens up that door. It creates that uh, association and, and opens that up, which was, which was really good. Gotcha. Um, I also have personal therapy experience with um, myself doing it. Cause I had uh, another instance where, um, you know, I, uh, a few years later, I, I definitely wasn't drinking to get drunk anymore. Like mm-hmm. that was done. That was in my past. Uh, but I did have one instance where I did do that because I was just hanging out with a friend, and we were having fun, and uh, and it just happened. Uh, I blew up, and I was with roommates at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never done it around roommates before. Uh, so that was again a bad scenario. I went to therapy again just to. Uh, it, again, it was kind of just for people to be comfortable because I knew what the mistake was that happened. Sure. Like I know what I need to do to to fix this. Sure. Um, but I did go to therapy, and um, and again, it was the same thing one on one. I just I the confirmation. Uh, even mm. even like my therapist was saying, well, I mean, it sounds like you pretty much like are on the roads that you know anything i would really talk about it sounds like you're definitely self-analytical but not in like a you know a way that's um where you wall yourself off or where you Mm. are bogged down by it and it basically she just confirmed a bunch of stuff but that confirmation again was not something i realized i needed and it felt lightening like Mm. it, it lightened me up and it was fantastic so i definitely enjoyed um those are my experiences with with therapy sessions. Gotcha. All right. Um, so, kind of going off that, obviously, uh, you said that was something that had happened in your past, and I know there are people out there who who promote like regular therapy. Um, I know there was even some you know politicians out there who are trying to make it a much more affordable uh, thing. Um, so as as far as like regular therapy, like maybe a, a once a month type thing, that's just an arbitrary time frame. Um, but if you were uh, able to see a therapist regularly, even, you know, in situations where or during times where you feel like, you know, nothing bad is happening in your life. Do you think that's something that would be beneficial to you or do you see that more as like a that's not something that's necessary? It would be. Uh, not a waste of your time, but just not something that you would need to do. Um, I don't think it's something I need to do, but okay. it's something I would do. Okay. Uh, it's definitely, if it was available, um, was more readily available and accessible, I would definitely make it something for me to do. Cause even, cause I've, with my personal experiences, even though I felt like I didn't need them, mm-hmm. I still went to them and did them. And at the time it was for others, but I realized how important those confirmations were in how important they were for me. So I would make myself do it. Um, and even it wouldn't be that hard to make myself do it. That it's not like a struggle to make sure. myself, but I would add that to, I'd make that part of my lifestyle, uh, okay. part of my routines for my life. So, uh, I think it's definitely important because even when I'm, um, uh, even, you know, if I'm, 
know, good mood all the time. I know my path. I know what I'm doing, yada, yada. Like I, there's always something. There's always, whether you realize it or not, um, there's always a topic you want to talk about that you don't realize you're not talking about or your therapist helps you realize, you know, there's helps you just learn things. Mm -hmm. Even if you're just talking to talk, like even if you're talking to therapists just about whatever, it's still another human being that's going to have perspective sure, and that, and experiences that you don't have and that, you know, your friends don't have or your parents and things like that. And it's just, it's another voice to add to your life, which is really cool. Yeah. You know? It's uh that reminds me of um, this movie called the Wackness uh, with Josh Peck and Ben Kingsley and Ben Kingsley plays a therapist and Josh Peck plays his patient and one of the lines uh, from Josh Peck's character is that, you know, sometimes it's nice to have someone to talk to, even if you're just talking shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's it's a, yeah. that's a true statement. And, you know, for someone like me who was I was a very introverted kid uh, pretty much throughout high school. Like I had friends, but I usually hung out with just a very select few people. Um, and I was much more interested in hanging out with people one on one than I was in hanging out than hanging out in big groups. I, I liked I liked to cultivate like very strong personal relationships um, rather than having I was more I guess I'll say I was more quality over quantity type of person. Even back in those days, like I was not interested in being popular. I was more interested in having meaningful relationships with a few people. Um and yeah, it's just, I think that's a, a sentiment that I totally agree with that. It's just, it's nice to have someone to talk to, like, you know, who's someone who you can be completely open and honest with. And again, without that fear of judgment, without that fear of, oh, what are they going to think of me after I tell them this horrible thing that I did or this horrible thing that I thought. And it's like, no, this person's job is to hear about the things that you think and the things that you've done. And they're here to help you through them and help you cope with them and help you you know, live with them. So, um, I think it would be extremely beneficial to see a therapist regularly. It's kind of, it's hard for me to say, uh, like that I would 100% do it because I've never had it. So it's like, how do I say, I don't know if I would like it. I don't know if I would take to it. I feel like I would, but I can't say for sure if I would, um, with, with certainty, but it is something that I would like to try something that I would like to, you know, at least give a shot. Um, I was looking up uh, some stats and this uh, uh, research uh, that was done by Bradley University um, says that males are less likely to uh, seek out treatment than women. Um, 62.1% of men who identified mood, personality, or anxiety issues said that they would seek treatment opposed to 72% of females. So it's a 10% um, difference there. Um, obviously people who are insured are more likely to seek out therapy than people who are uninsured. Uh, 72% of people who are insured said that they would 47% of people who are uninsured said that they would. Um, another interesting thing was the average age. Uh, so it looks like the older people, older people are much more likely to seek therapy than younger people. Um, the scale that they have here is uh, slowly rising with age. So I was going to say, I, I feel like, um, well, I think you're about to say something different, but I feel like as, um, these newer, uh, generations, as they 
as we you know have um go through more generations i think that that's changing mm-hmm. i think we'll see that number sure. change after a couple generations i think the younger people are starting to see the or beyond starting i think they do see the importance of it mm-hmm. and want want it more and i also feel like younger people are much more in tune in general in a general sense they're much more in tune with their emotions and their their maybe personality issues or or mood disorders they're much more in tune with those things because i feel like uh you know parents today of young kids are much more likely to be accepting of mood and personality disorders than than you know maybe parents in the 80s and in the early 90s like we're much more or or there are much more understanding batch of, of parents when it comes to things like moods and anxiety and stuff like that they'll actually listen to those problems and they'll actually see that okay maybe this is an issue that we need to go and and see a doctor about you know so i think mm-hmm. kids are much more uh, it just as a result of that kids are much more um willing to talk about their feelings and and things like that whereas you know 40 years ago that was something that you didn't do you sucked it up you know rub some dirt in it and you just keep mm-hmm. keep pushing you know but i think kids these days are much more um willing and open about things like emotion and and anxiety and depression and things like that and the internet is a tool it's a tool and a resource it's it can be a dangerous tool and a resource but i think it also uh you know kids can very good one can look up ways to de-stress if they need to you know so it's just uh something that's available and it's it's good it's definitely a good thing um but i I wonder how the uh therapy industry is is feeling about it if they if they feel like they'll maybe need to supplement um supplement like i don't know if if the younger people don't need therapy as much as the older people what are they going to do in 40 years when you know kids are or people in general are just much more able to figure out their own shit without the help of a professional obviously i think there will still be people who need help from professionals but i think that number will have decreased by then so yeah i don't think the need for therapists will be a concern i think uh, therapists are kind of like any, I don't think they're oversaturated as far as no. uh, okay. industry. So I feel like when that number decreases, it'll actually make the load what it probably ought to be okay. for therapists. Fair so enough. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know numbers. I am just spitballing and throw, but that's kind of how, um, I eyeball the industry. So I don't know, but um, I would be curious to look up those numbers and see what that's like. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to another portion of this conversation. Um, So, obviously, we are two people who don't go to therapy regularly. Uh, Do you have anything specific that you do to help with your mental health since you're not seeing a therapist? Like, what do you have any methods or any go-to ways to to help keep yourself mentally healthy? Um, uh, Yeah, pretty much... um I mean, I'm going to say this and say, like, it's some standard stuff because I feel like it's something you can – everyone kind of comes down to and looks at, but I make sure I'm exercising fairly regularly, mm-hmm. making sure my food, my eating isn't all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
I mean, those are the two biggest things for me, but that's because, you know, health and nutrition are, have always kind of been a big part of my life. So okay. those are two things I can control and two things I notice affect uh, my mood um, a lot. Like they are like, if I kind of get off the bandwagon for either one of those things, my emotions and mood are just kind of all over. Um, if I, uh, uh, I do have depression, so like I will go into like depression cycle sometimes. I did have one a few weeks ago, and those are just kind of um, I just had to kind of give in to. The, I just for me to go through that, I mentally kind of just give in to the flow of it, mm. and I understand the the uh, cycle that I'm in, uh, just because I've had experience with it. I was like, okay, um, make sure not to overload myself with things. With these, here's like a li- I I am more adamant about my lists. Um, and mm. like, okay, these are lists things I do need to do. I need to make sure I do accomplish these specific like chores or things. Okay. Um, and I make sure I don't let like my home go into complete disarray. Um, so like keeping I'll, to a routine and schedule helps? Keeping to a routine yeah. pretty much. Yeah. The, I kind of self-automate. Okay. Uh, I think I, I might've talked about that before, but I do uh, definitely self-automate. I have, I put things in place and I kind of have little, um, checkpoints or check boxes in my system now i don't sure. know how else to explain that i mean it sounds kind of ridiculous i guess saying it into words like that but i do have things so when i go into cycles like that um my mind and my body just automatically know what to do so i don't have to put a whole lot of thinking power in there because all okay. my thinking power is being depressed so uh, yeah. <laughs> So I have kind of little automated systems I integrated into my life for my life experiences with it, and uh, and I give in to those, and I let it I let it take over. Um, so that's pretty much it. I can't say I have anything else too specific. I'm sure I have plenty else that I'll think of once we stop recording, but those are the big things. Gotcha. Um, yeah, one for me is I I know I. I tend the only times I really get overwhelmed is when I feel like I'm I haven't had enough personal time. Like I like I said earlier, I'm a I think I'm an introvert by heart at heart, and I just by by nature I'm just a, a very introverted person. So sometimes I'll feel like I've been around people too much, and I know that sounds strange to say. Like I've been around, uh, I've been having too many conversations, or I've been having too many. Uh, I felt the obligation to talk and I sometimes I just want to just be in my own head and just be with myself. Um, I was always I was I'm I'm a middle child, basically. Um, so I spent a lot of my childhood being sort of alone and sort of doing my own thing. Um, and I sometimes I feel like I need to just get back to that and get myself back to normal. Like that's how I reset. It's just I just need to spend some time with myself, you know, doing whatever I need to do, but I just need to be alone. Um, and I know a lot of people can't relate to that. Uh, my best friend actually is the polar opposite. Whenever he starts to feel down, he gets the urge to just talk to people. Like he wants to hang out and go do things with his friends and people. And I'm literally the opposite. If I'm ever filming, feeling overwhelmed as far as being bogged down mentally, it's just like, I just need to get away I need to reset. Give me a couple days and I'll be good to go. Like, I just need to be alone. I'll watch movies. I'll watch TV and I'll just get through it. And and I'm not like 
sad while I'm doing it. It's just like I just get overwhelmed with people sometimes. So yeah. I think it's important for me to just realize that when it's happening and then find myself and get myself back to zero and then I'm I'm good to go. But um so and I and I think it's hard, especially as an adult, you know, when you have to go to work every day and you have obligations socially that you have to fulfill. It's hard to sometimes find that alone time for a long enough period of time to get back to, to zero. So I have to just tell myself that it's important and I'll get through it and I'll do it and I'll be fine. Um but yeah, on the opposite side of that, I do enjoy convert. Like I think keeping conversations with my my friends going is also something that helps keep me grounded. Um, like being able to communicate and being able to share my thoughts and feelings with people is something that's that's very important to me. Um, and just having a creative outlet for me is important as well. Like doing these podcasts, that's why I've been so adamant adamant about doing it. Um, is that it, it just helps me have my mind set and focused on something that I control that I can, um, you know, just do, uh, being creative is something that I've always appreciated and, and having an outlet for that is important to me. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely very important. Uh, one other thing I did think about is I also, um, uh, speaking of that overwhelmed feeling, mm-hmm. I will basically turn off my phone for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like I'll try to remember to message a couple people like that I talk to the most frequently and be like, Hey, turn off my phone. But there are times like this last time that happened, I was fully overwhelmed and I didn't message anybody. Yeah. And then after a couple of days or more than a couple of days, after a few days, I, I opened my, up my phone and then I saw a couple of messages like, Hey, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I didn't message anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I like, I was so overwhelmed. I had to just turn it off and yeah. like, I didn't, I, cause I, I don't think it was the talking to people portion of things that mm-hmm. got me. It was just like, all I had been doing was like scrolling yeah. or looking at my laptop recording or, watching movies that my eyes were on a screen way more than they normally were yeah um, yeah and i think my my eyes like i physically felt like burnt out okay and my emotions and my brain melted after that and <laughs> yeah no, that, that but, happens yeah. too yeah phones are yeah. way too available um yep all right uh so last uh but not least, uh, we're going to have a small discussion about the stigmas surrounding um therapy um and, you know, I think we can both agree that they've sort of uh, been disappearing in, in recent times, uh, the stigma, yeah. the personal biases that we have against against therapy. Um, so, yeah. Do you have you ever experienced like any personal biases or uh, a friend or family member who has seemed not cool with it? And uh, how did you overcome that? Um. I can't really recall any specific conversations or anybody in my near life that has out has been outspoken about being like anti-therapist. Okay. Um, I could think of a few people that, you know, at one time probably were. Um, but uh, I definitely had, I, I don't want to say I was ever anti-therapist or had like a stigma against them, but I feel like I definitely, I feel like that also feels like a lie. Um, mm. I probably just never in words admitted to myself I had a stigma, but I definitely did. It was definitely like a pride thing. It was definitely like in my early, very, very early 20s, like late teens, early twenties, it was definitely a pride thing. Cause I mm. knew I was going through some emotional stuff. 
some anger issues, some depression stuff. But since I was aware of it, I should be able to fix it, right? That was pretty much my my whole thing. I also didn't have health insurance or any way to go see a therapist. Yeah. So I think all of that compounded and formed a wall and a stigma inside myself. So by the time um, I did go to therapy, I was like, I knew it was something I should do once, but I also was reluctant and I couldn't explain the reluctancy or anything. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I did have a stigma. Uh, and I don't, I definitely don't anymore. Um, and I don't think I have anyone in my life now that is, has a stigma against it. And like you said, I definitely feel that, that, uh, that stigma is definitely going away. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, um, yeah, just growing up and being, you know, <laughs> relatively poor growing up, it was just not a thing that was ever even seen as an option. And, uh, I think the stigma around it, you know, is, was just that, oh, you're, you know, you're fine. You don't need, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I can't even actually relate to that sentiment because it, it never even was an option for like that was never even something I even entertained the thought of as a child or as a teenager. Like I went through a period in my teens where I was just very angry all the time um, at the state of the world and, you know, injustice and all that. And I, uh, you know, I, I poured myself into music. Like I would just listen to angry music all the time. I would write angry poetry. Like I was, you know, you're, pretty prototypical yeah they, like angsty they, yeah and and you just think that it's just it's normal and yeah. you know in a way experiencing all those emotions is normal but sure. you also processing them needs to be normal yeah and it's not taught that you should process them so they're just written away as angsty teen years or absolutely they were. yeah they used to be written away as angsty teen years oh everyone goes to this well yeah and everyone should process them too <laughs> yeah we should probably <laughs> find a healthier way to process these emotions um but yeah so i i can't even say that that i ever even thought about therapy as a as a child or a teenager um and i just remember just in in my household and in, in my community in my community there was always this like oh that's for crazy people you're not crazy like you know even you know the the few kids who i knew that were on some type of medication the stigma and the the you know um uh what is the word i'm looking for like a generalization the blanket statement um no, like when you generalize, what are what are you doing? <laughs> stereotype. There we go. There we yeah, go. Stereotype. Yeah, stereotype. <laughs> our vocabulary. I think Ugh. we've mentioned this before. Our vocabulary is just slowly going yes, away. It's just <laughs> old age, man. Um, yeah. The the stereotype. Dictionary and a thesaurus. <laughs> yes. The stereotype about people who were on medications, you know, who would have to take medications in the middle of class or in the middle of school, was like, oh, that person's crazy. And that's just the way it was. And it was like, oh, I don't want to be seen as crazy, even though I might be having some of the same issues as that person. So I'm going to stay as far away from it as possible. I'll be okay, You know, so it was just something that was stigmatized in my community, in my household. And it was just, you know, just something we never talked about. Again, going back to that, you know, thing about your just just get over it, you know, push past it, rub some dirt in it and just, you know, keep going. Like We have bigger worries. We have more serious things to think about rather than you feeling sad you know that's just not something that's a priority right now and it's it it was tough and i never wanted to bother my mom about that my mom who you know worked two jobs for my entire life and who was taking care of five kids single mother it was like like, what do you have to complain about yeah exactly like Like, (laughs) how yeah 
and that's just the way it was. So I think it's it's important that we just, you know, educate our children, you know, now. And when you have the opportunity to to feel free to talk to me about your at least if you have if you're having some kind of problem and uh, no matter how big or small, talk to to me about it if I'm a parent, you know, and I think, uh, again, the younger generation has that freedom. They feel like they can talk to their parents. They feel like there is someone they can talk to about their problems and they won't get shot down. They won't get, you know, yelled at for saying, I don't have time to worry about your feelings right now, you know. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that that those stigmas and those biases are going away. And, um, I wish, you know, I wish as a child, I would have had the, the courage to put, uh, put my feelings first, you know, to, to feel like I could do that, but I didn't. And, you know, not, not to say that I'm like emotionally messed up or anything, but I think (laughs) I would have had a much easier time, you know, learning to, to process my feelings if I had been more honest about them as a child and as a teenager. Yeah. Definitely agree with those sentiments. But uh, yeah, so hopefully that conversation wasn't too heavy for you guys. Hopefully you um, learned something. Maybe hopefully you learned something at least about Bryce and myself. And uh, hopefully you are in a position where you can be open about your feelings and anything that you may be going through with someone. Um, If you are someone who feels comfortable sharing your story with us, I encourage you to. Uh, broodconvos at gmail.com uh, we would love to hear anything and everything you guys have to say about this topic we understand that it's a serious thing and uh definitely don't want to downplay it but yeah if you're if you're interested in talking to us and you know you have something you want to say to add to our conversation please feel free to write in and let us know absolutely um, But with that being said, we are going to jump into another break. Uh, We've got Brewer's Choice coming up and got a couple of exciting announcements. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys stick around. We'll be right back. BRB. All right. Welcome back, guys. We are back with Brewer's Choice. This is just our weekly recommendation segment. We're going to give you guys uh, something uh, that we've been listening to, watching, eating, reading, whatever, something that we've consumed this week. We're going to recommend to you guys. Uh, So I am going to be doing yet another movie. I know it feels like all my recommendations are movie based, but hey, I'm the movie guy. Okay, that's just who I am. Accept me (laughs) for who I am. Um, <laughs> I went to the movies for the first time in quite a while, actually. I know I work at a movie theater, but I haven't been to an actual movie in a very long time. Um, and I watched, uh, a film called The Father. It is a film, uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, and it is about a, oh, an older gentleman who is living with, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and just, uh how he's coping with that and how his daughter who is taking care of him is coping with that um and it's just an incredibly powerful film uh incredibly well done obviously oscar nominations just came out and it was nominated for best picture as well as best supporting a uh, best supporting actress and best actor um so yeah it's a fantastic film it's currently in theater so if you guys are feeling up for a trip to the theater definitely check it out highly recommended it. it's one of if not the best film that I've seen this year. Awesome. Yeah, that definitely sounds really cool. I definitely want to, when I watched, when you sent that trailer to Jen and I, um, it looked really powerful. 
Yeah. So I am excited to try and check that out. Um, let's see. For me, for my brewer's choice, I have something really ridiculous uh, <laughs> that I'm going to go ahead and recommend. Uh, it is a band, um, a specific song, even though I have enjoyed all their music thus far. Uh, it is a Norwegian band. Um, and let me just preface by saying that YouTube has been taking me down some really crazy rabbit holes uh, <laughs> recently, this this year specifically. So for a few months now, it'll be kind of normal, just like your typical music videos or, um, you know, whatever YouTuber I happen to be following at the time. Uh, but lately, it's it's been bananas. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> this is a Norwegian band called Nano War of Steel. Nano uh, it's War a, it's, of Steel? I, I'm going to classify them as, as a metal band um, because that's kind of the core element of their music. But it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if parody is the right word, but okay, kind of a parody metal band. So they, they create just ridiculous music. like just So like how like the Lonely Island group is pop, but they create like these ridiculous songs and stories. Sure. That's pretty much this band for okay. metal. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read their own description of their video and song. Uh, it says, great literature has always been a source of inspiration for heavy metal bands. J.R.R. Tolkien for Blind Guardian, H.P. Lovecraft for Cradle of Filth, the Holy Bible for Striper, and now the Ikea catalog for Nanowar of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Valhalla is Nanowar's personal take on modern day's Norse mythology, where alongside Odin, Thor, and Loki, all the greatest Swedish heroes of our age... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce any of those. Um, <laughs> betting Kivik in... I'm not going to try and pronounce that last one, are sitting in Valhalla. Um, and the song is called Valhallelujah. Hmm. <laughs> and okay. again, so the band is Nano War of Steel. The song is Valhallelujah. Definitely post the music video. The music video is worth watching. Um, it's just, it's a ton of fun. Uh, even if it's not just like your typical metal with a bunch of like screaming and stuff, they do kind of have that element, but it's not like that guttural, crazy, uh, like, growling screaming okay at all. it's more kind of like your iron maidens type of like uh your 80s metal screaming so it's not like crazy and it is a lot of like um i don't know how else to express it to the average listener i guess but just kind of like it's just normal singing as well so okay i don't know how else to describe okay. it um so yeah it is fun so give there it a listen. Go. Please do. Let me know your thoughts, even if you're just messaging to tell me why <laughs> did you make me do this. <laughs> For sure. Um, speaking of, of, of music you like, uh, there's actually a song from uh, Eurovision that was nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars this year. So, Oh, was there? Yeah. That's awesome. It's probably the finale song. It's, the, I, it's Husevic. Like oh, you know what? Hometown? When I shared... When I share, yeah, that I, I think that's the okay. That's the finale song. Uh, when I uh, shared the Hallelujah, uh with some friends, I was yeah. like, uh, "This is basically." I felt like I watched a deleted scene from Eurovision <laughs> when I watched and listened to this. So you know, anyone else who watched Eurovision, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> a nice follow up, you know. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, that is going to wrap up episode 28. Thank you guys so much for listening. I did promise you guys a couple of exciting announcements. First of all, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but we do have an official website now. You can now head over to broodpodcast.com. And, uh, yeah, it's just a 
a nice little website, nice little thing to keep everything in one place. Um, it's got all of our episodes listed on there. It's got a nice little about us section. Um, all of our social media links are posted there. So, you know, if you want to make it your, your new homepage, that'd be cool. You know, that brood podcast as soon as you open up your web browser. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice little place. I'm going to work on it a little more this week. Uh, get our, uh, segments up, um, just so you guys can keep track of any beers or any teas or any coffees that we've recommended. Um, it'll be all nice and in one place for you guys to, to explore. So pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah, it's just broodpodcast.com. Um, and we are going to be starting a brood book club um, coming up here pretty soon. So um, the idea behind this is that we will be reading one book a month. And then uh, the first Monday of every month, we will be uh, doing a review conversation about it on Instagram live. Um so if you guys are big readers, if you've always wanted to get into reading, um, if you've been sort of slackers like Bryce and I, and you want to, you know, pick it up again, uh, this is a great opportunity to, uh, we are going to start things off with a book called the midnight library by Matt Haig. Uh, it's currently on the New York times bestseller list and it's currently number 10 on, uh, Amazon's bestseller list. So, um, yeah, you guys should check it out. We're excited to talk about it and we'll be bringing you that review on uh, April 5th, which is the first Monday in April. Um, so if you guys, you guys have plenty of time to read it, that's about three weeks from now. So uh, make sure you guys are at least tuning into that. Uh, Bryce is going to plan to also get up some Discord stuff about that yes. too, right? Uh, I'm going to be working on a full rollout for Discord this week. Um, it will happened before friday and i'll make some posts about uh about when it drops but i'm going to be putting up a um basically a permanent link to uh invite and join the brood podcast server and there will be uh categories and sections for just uh just general chat just so you can drop in drop any links to videos you would like us to watch uh just to interact with us um and uh, we'll be in and out of there. Uh, there will be sections for books, for spoiler talk, spoiler-free talk, uh, a section for music and a section for movies and just things we, we generally talk about a lot. Uh, so we just want to be able to have a platform where we can just be chatting throughout the week um, off and on and uh, always have something new to talk about. So yeah, uh, expect a full rollout for that upcoming awesome awesome other than that you guys can always get in touch with us via email uh by writing into broodconvos at gmail.com uh anything and everything guys if you want to send us you know your favorite coffee of the week if you want to send us what you've been up to for the last couple months whatever we're here for we want to hear about it um let us know anything and everything broodconvos at gmail.com uh bryce if they want to find us on social media where can they go they can go to Facebook and Instagram at Brood Podcast or Twitter at Brood Convos. Yeah. And just remember to keep a lookout for that Discord link. I will be posting, posting it on social media every week. And, um, yeah, those happen Sunday mornings. Yeah, Discord, the, the um, chats every the Sunday chat, at yeah. 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us this week. We appreciate you, as always. And until next week, my name's Adonis. And I'm Bryce. Thanks, guys. Bye.
as you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Ship.